Hey, listeners, welcome back to the podcast. This week's episode is with my dear friend and sex, love, and relationship coach, the magnetic woman, Lauren Joyce. And I will give you a little bit of warning. We we use some very delicious, colorful language during this episode. So if you have littles, maybe pop in the earbuds for this one. But I really, really invite you to listen to it all the way through the end because we really dive into not just the history of the divine feminine, but also ways that you can use your sensuality in practice practical ways, especially when it comes to cultivating strong feminine relationships, building programs that offer things to other women and how we might be self-sabotaging in some minute ways. Also, we really dive into creating that space for yourself to be fully expressed. And I don't want to give too much away in this introduction, but I will say this. Lauren is a gem. I've had her on multiple group programs. I've had her as a special expert guest. And even though this episode, we talk about a lot of different topics, we're going pretty deep. And I feel like it could be somewhat awakening, possibly a little triggering for some people to hear about the progression through the through the ages of the sacred feminine and what that means to each of us individually and especially as a collective and how we can really grow ourselves as a business owner as a badass, as a queen, and things that we can do, like practical steps we can do every single day to really channel that energy. So I am honored and thrilled to bring in my next guest, Lauren Joyce. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Aaron. I've been an energy healer for nearly two decades, and now I'm best known as a spiritual guide to scaling your business. I help entrepreneurs harness the power of energy work, spirituality, and strategy to clear blocks and create breakthroughs. If you're ready for that next level, this is the place for a down-to-earth approach to woo and biz. Hang out with me every week and learn how to navigate away from self-doubt and into ease, clarity, and business success. Stop second-guessing yourself and trust in that inner knowing. The truth is, you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. And that's what I'm here for. Lauren Joyce, welcome, you sexy little minx, you, my lovely friend, Lauren. Welcome oh, to, the, to be here. Me too. Welcome to the podcast. It's like you've been here all along, but not... For everybody listening, Lauren is a dear, dear friend. She's also kind of like my secret weapon. I've had her as a guest teacher. I don't even know how many times at this point, but every time I invite her, she just drops bombs and the best kind, the pussy bombs. <laughs> yes, pussy bombs. <laughs> So, Lauren, on the podcast, I don't read formal introductions because this this is snooze. So, I'm gonna, I would love for, <laughs> I would love for you uh, to to introduce yourself. I've also been a guest on your amazing Magnetic Woman podcast. So this is like we're here again, and I'm so happy. So I could dish about your magic all day, but let's dive in. Let's let the listeners know who you are and what got you here. Yeah. So my name is Lauren Joyce. And I am a sex, intimacy, feminine empowerment coach, mentor, 
And my brand is called The Magnetic Woman. And so I really help women reclaim their connection to their feminine power, specifically through healing, embracing, and celebrating the sensual, the sexual, the erotic, the parts of ourselves that we've been told are wrong, bad, dirty, shameful. Mm -hmm. And if you look at any of my branding or, you know, follow me in any way, it's like, oh, of course this makes sense. But I feel like the majority of my life, I was anything but magnetic or any, like if you would have told me even 10 years ago, okay, Lauren, you're going to have your own business and basically use the word pussy every other sentence and talk about sex. I would have thought you were on really intense drugs because yeah. there was no way, shape, or form that this is where I saw my life going. And I was raised Catholic. I went through 10 years of Catholic schooling. So while my family was not like very strict religiously, I mean, five days a week for 10 years of my life, I was taking religion class. You know, we had to go to church. We were being tested on prayers and all of that kind of stuff. And so that combined with, you know, good girl syndrome, perfectionism, I prided myself for the majority of my life on being an overachiever, on working really hard, on kind of like staying in the lane, getting my degree in college, starting to work, go for my master's, which I left after one semester, you know, like, and that was terrifying for me at the time. And I just kind of assumed that I would take the road I saw many women taking, which was school, job, unfulfilling marriage, become a mother, resent your children because that's what you do as a woman. And then your life is over, basically. So and many I, people are listening to this like face palming like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's all that was around me. And it was just kind of like, oh, that's like, that's what you do, period. And I didn't think twice about it, really. And then when I was 25, my dad passed away and he and I were very close. We had a really great relationship. And so obviously that loss was hard and traumatic and all of the things. And what was so fascinating was I remember within the weeks after, even like the few days after women coming up to me, whether they be family members or women that I knew telling me how their dad had passed away five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And they still weren't over it. And like seeing like many failed marriages in their past and like so much unhappiness. And it was within a month after he died that I, I put myself in grief therapy, grief counseling. And I remember sitting across from the therapist being like, I don't know how this is possible yet, but I only want this experience to make me a better person. Mm. And I refuse to spend my life unhappy. Like I refuse to continue doing things that don't make me happy. And so that declaration, I don't know, just put things in motion. Everything. Yeah. That was that intention of all intentions. And it was like, it shall be done, Lauren. Things are about to get real. Exactly. And, you know, looking back on it, I was 25. I'd never lost anybody. I like had no idea how to handle or move through grief. So I don't even know where that came from. It wasn't from my mind, right? It was from something more bigger, deeper. And fast forward like six months, pull out my credit card to sign up for Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts, which if you don't know Mama Gina, Regina Thomas Howard wrote the book Pussy Reclamation. This was pre that book. Okay. So like, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into there. 
By the way, I talk about pussy reclamation on like every other podcast episode and any powerful woman who's ever having trouble. I'm like, by the way, read the book. I want to read this book. Change life changing. So there I am, 25 years old, signed up for my first ever self-development program. Now I am like, I've never even read the secret at this point. Talk about like going into the deep end. Deep. <laughs> Day one in person, New York City, Regina comes out in all her glory and she's like, a woman's connection, her powers in her pussy. And I was like, get out of here. This shit is crazy. It's against everything I believe or thought I believed. And yet something inside of me was like, keep your ass in this seat and you are staying here for this. And it was your pussy talking to you. Oh, yeah. Pussy was like, thank you. Finally. (laughs) I've been trying to tell her she won't listen. Mm -hmm. But all of my, you know, all of my conditioning, all of my mental and emotional framework was like, no, this is bad. This is wrong. It's funny. Even your body posture, when you just said that, you just closed up, like retracted and closed up. Yeah. And yet, like I said, there I was in Regina's program at 25. And it was like everything she was talking about in terms of the feminine and goddesses and sensuality and sexuality, it was everything resonated as such deep truth. And I found that having to confront my grief, which is not what I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get a permission slip to bypass it and just eat chocolate cake every day. That sounds good. I mean, yes. And chocolate cake. I do eat chocolate cake just about every day, but that's beside the point. Um, I I was like confronting my grief head on and I was more confident, happier and more grounded than I'd ever felt despite the fact I was in the most challenging time of my life Mm -hmm. up until that point. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And really still to this day. And I just realized then not only did I want to learn everything I could about this, but I wanted to help other women learn it because for me, it was just like, why are we not taught about our bodies, about sensuality, about orgasm, about sexual power and sovereignty and goddesses and the divine feminine and any of these things that were so missing from my life. But Mm -hmm. then upon finding it, it was so nourishing. So (laughs) you know, fast forward, I go still being a good student, get every certification I can think of under the sun and then five more. And (laughs) here we are, you know, and I love, like I said, helping women really connect to their own feminine power, their truth, their full Mm -hmm. expression through reclaiming these parts of themselves that we've been told we're not supposed to look at or touch. Yeah, or talk about. I mean, even like biologically, we don't know the, our anatomy. We've talked a lot about this in the, some of the classes you've taught of like, we literally don't have any sort of understanding of our physical anatomy, let alone what's going on when we start to get our periods or go through menopause um, or lose our period or gosh, you know, the the stuff that around pregnancy, miscarriage, like there's so much stuff that's in there and we don't talk about it. And I love that in Regina's book at the beginning where she really says like, I didn't want to call this book pussy, <laughs> anything about this word. And part of me knew I had to because we don't have a name for our genitals. We call it 
90 different things, none of, or nothing at all, which I found, oh gosh, you know, like, or nothing at all. And like, what does that do to us? And so it really is a reclamation. It really is coming back in. And whew, man, I, I think that in and of itself is like, okay, there's something there. There's some wisdom within me that why am I not accessing it? And I think that you, well, we, we were kind of talking before we started recording around, you know, I'm, I've been doing a lot of talks and guest spots about quantum growth and these shifts that happen. And a lot of the sort of bigger points and manifesting all that, it all starts to come back down to a fundamental point, which is I take care of myself and my needs first. I get quiet because that's what I need. I listen to my body because it has wisdom. And that wisdom I can trust because if I can trust in me and my wisdom, I can start to trust in my intuition. Then I can also start to trust more in other people. But it begins and ends with you where you have to go in and, you know, where we're so cut off a lot of times, even from our neck down, but certainly women are not taught to connect in with their pussy and go, all right, what does she want? How does she want to feel? Like, even just as I say that, I'm sure people who are listening are like, oh my, what? Like, that's a, that's a question that you can ask. So I would love for you, because I so, I like, I love when you geek out about the history of when women were once revered and looked at as the goddesses, queens, priestesses, and revered in in their cultures to sort of the opposite of that. And this misogyny and hatred of the woman and the woman's body and the shame that comes along with that. So, you know, we have a very short podcast to give a life summary. (laughs) I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean... First and foremost, I am 100% a giant geek and nerd. And I was just like sharing with Emily, like the three books I'm reading concurrently. Because again, for me, it was just like, I had been lacking this information for my entire life. And deep down knew I was missing something, right? Like I remember growing up Catholic and trying so hard to be like, really devout. There was something in me that wanted to be devout, wanted a sense of devotion. And yet it all felt so wrong. Mm. Right. I remember when I was like, I was seven years old and we're like sitting in the pew for first confession, reconciliation. If you're Catholic, you know, and if you're not, basically what that means is you have to go into a little box and say everything you've ever done or thought about doing wrong to an old man who's a priest. And then he's going to tell you what you have to do to make it better. Right. Oh my gosh. I'm seven. I remember sitting there being like, this is weird. Like, this is weird. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Right. (laughs) And I say all of that because we live in a patriarchal culture and society. And all that means is our culture, our society as humans across the board at this point, it doesn't kind of matter what religion you are. It highlights amplifies and sees men at masculine traits as the gold standard Mm. and therefore sees women and the feminine as worth less than Mm. men and the masculine and Mm -hmm. this is exactly why 
every single walk woman is walking around with some worthiness issue or complex and trying to root it back to their parents or their childhood or that one time in third grade. It's like, no, this is from over 3,500 years of trauma <laughs> against women, against the degradation uh, or the, you know, like the discrimination against women and the feminine. Mm. And so 3,500 years tends to be like this kind of number that a lot of people use. What I don't think there was like one day where it was like, now we're patriarchy, here we go, right? <laughs> but what we have to understand is for tens of thousands of years prior to this time, the goddess was revered, the female body. Women were seen as the, the incredibly wise and magical creatures that we are like ancient cultures and societies were like wow women bleed every month without dying bring new life into the world mm-hmm. feed that life then and have this wisdom and connection to the land and to you know healing and on all of these things and it was revered then and the thing that you have to realize is that was not like a matriarchy because it wasn't putting down men in the masculine. It was just honoring the feminine and woman for who and what we were, right? Yes. It wasn't about one being better than the other. So then the patriarchy takes hold and things like war and power and hierarchy and taking and control are now seen as the gold standard. And in order to keep women disconnected from our power, and I say this all the time, and I think it really sums it up. It's like the wound of the feminine came from when they took the feminine out of the divine and they Mm. made one God and it was masculine. Mm. And then they took the divine out of the body specifically the woman's body and it was like if you want enlightenment consciousness connection to divinity you have to do it through something or someone else typically a man Mm -hmm. and this is why women struggle with feeling worthy deserving lovable enough this is why we are terrified to trust ourselves to tap into our intuition because we have 3500 years Including hundreds of years of women being burnt at the stake. Yeah. For such things. So Mm. on like a cellular nervous system level, the fear that women feel around like claiming their power, trusting their intuition, being their full expressions, it feels like this could potentially lead to my death, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because it did for hundreds of years, right? Like that witch wound is there for real. Right. And we have seen studies that show that it is this trauma is passed down generationally, whether the great grandchildren, great great grandchildren have ever received that same stimulus, that it actually does show up in that tra- trauma response. Is so this is this is a real thing. It's not just like, oh, history tells me, but no, there are visceral reactions that we've all had in some way, shape, or form to the things that Lauren's mentioning. So yeah, we're talking about generationally about receiving this trickle down of this trauma and this unsafe to be in my body, unsafe to be myself, and these witch wounds that are 
truly things that I mean we really have them and you know as entrepreneurs it shows up in the funniest little darndest ways right you you're wanting to be visible you're wanting to make more money you're wanting to make an impact and yet you become paralyzed when it's time to post a picture or go on a Facebook Live or reach out to somebody and request, you know, something from somebody to collaborate or do something big and outside yourself because there is that underlying fear of persecution and being outcast, being killed, being burned at the stake. There's like, and and I know that I'm kind of, we're kind of talking in these big picture things, but you know, for anybody who has been with me when we've done like the karma cleanse or when we do our money block clearings or things like that, it's like, or connect with our higher self. When we do these meditations, it's often that we bring up those old wounds because they come up to the surface to be cleared and moved because it's it's still lingering in our system. And it's not like one and done. We, we have to maintain it. But but this is a, a pain of history to say like, okay, so maybe it's not just I'm kind of like afraid of doing a Facebook Live, but like perhaps there's something a little bit more under the surface that it needs some attention. For sure. I mean, I say this all the time because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and coaches, healers, and women who are in traditionally masculine fields. So like engineers, IT, doctors, lawyers, right? Because it's like, okay, we've spent our entire lives like striving to be the good girl and like trying to outdo men by trying to be more masculine than them. And then you like burn out, get depressed, like are, you know, having autoimmune disease things come up and it's like, oh yeah, okay. You need to come back to this other stuff. You know, I say often, I'm like, look, a lot of you entrepreneurs out there, you don't actually need some sort of like visibility course. What you need is to heal your relationship to the feminine. Because Mm. when you heal this wound, when you heal the disconnection from your feminine power and you learn to revere it, you learn to be devoted to it, you Mm. learn to put it first those visibility fears often just dissipate. Now that doesn't mean that you'll never be nervous or they'll never come up or you'll never get some kind of hater or backlash. No, but you have created such a sense of safety and trust within yourself that you know you can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it is that divine feminine. And what we were talking about making these quantum leaps, I always said it it comes back to you. And for me, the way that I'm creating my best life ever is I start with me. I create the best me ever. That means how do I want to feel today? And how do I want to feel today? And even like to the point of like, what, what panties am I going to wear? Is that what makes me feel my highest or do I feel kind of like crappy? (laughs) I used to always make a joke of like, you know, you could feel really shitty, but if you're wearing nice panties, like you feel like just a little bit better. Nobody knows. You just kind of know. (laughs) And mainly because of that reason, because it's not for anyone else. Yes. 
Yeah. And I mean, starting my day like that, and I have a lot of my listeners know I have a meditation called Crystal Clear Success, which is basically a day in the life of your higher self. She's giving you marching orders. How do I want to wake up? How do I want to feel? Do I want to move my body? What do I want to eat? What does my day look like? Am I stressed out to the max? Probably not. I'm looking like a boss and feeling really good. I'm ending my day with rituals to take care of myself. And this is how my day looks. Now, we have a choice whether we want to implement any of that or not. So if you look at when you're trying to achieve a goal, if you have 10 punch list items to achieve a goal and you do two of them or maybe none of them, how close do you think you're going to get to achieving it? Versus when your higher self says, I want to feel this way, I want to move my body that way, I want to eat this thing. And you go, okay, sure. And you start doing that and it's like it really it makes this relationship so closer because you're nurturing her, you're caring for her and putting her first means that everybody else starts to get taken care of as well. You show up better for yourself. We talk about this all the time, but this divine feminine and the way we run our business, instead of using these masculine models of get my 10 step plan and do these 10 things. And then you'll be a millionaire in three days too, just like me. And it's like, what? And it does not work. We are all in our own life. We are all on our own life path. You're never off of your path. Here's the deal. When we know somebody's given us this like instruction manual and you know the whole path, it's not your path. It's not for you. And part of the divine and tapping into the divine feminine, and I really feel like, you know, even, you know, reading books on divine femininity and intuition is like they, it's like interchangeable. It's like one in the same intuition and listening to when we can start really taking account for, okay, taking care of ourselves first and really nourishing her, everything else starts to make, like you start to put together programs that feel so good and feel in alignment. And then you attract people who also feel that like yummy, yummy energy, giving herself permission to do the things that light us up and say no to things that we kind of like don't like anymore. It's all of that. But, you know, this this sacred wisdom within us, you know, you sort of talked about, you know, there were cultures that revered women, that they prayed to their goddesses and it was like, wow, you've created life. And um, so I kind of want to see like, how do you bridge from like the past? That's how it used to be. How do we start doing that for ourselves? Or what are some things that people can start doing for themselves to really tap into that divine feminine, that priestess, that goddess energy for themselves? Yeah. So one of the feminine principles that I talk a lot about and that I teach a lot about is the principle of ritual, right? And we really have lost such a deep connection to rituals in our lives. Now, there are certain things in life and society that are ritualized and ritualistic, right? Especially mm. if you do observe any kind of religion, like, again, my upbringing is Catholic. So like mass very much has like ritual and ritualistic elements. The holidays, when we're recording this, like we're coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year. So you might have like quote unquote traditions that you do annually, but we really have lost, especially as women, a connection to the death and rebirth process, mm -hmm. the cyclical nature of 
not just our, the world, life, seasons, our bodies, our hormones, right? So I think one thing that can be really incredible is you can ritualize anything in your life. My coffee in the morning Mm. is very ritualistic for me, right? Like, Mm. and it's, sensual. It incorporates like sense and or smell and taste. And I journal and I connect within first. And like you were saying, Emily, you know, learning to prioritize ourselves, which requires a massive exorcism of guilt and shame, which we've been told to saddle ourselves with if we put ourselves anywhere above last on the priority list as women. Right, right. How selfish as a negative. (laughs) Exactly. Like, please, I was actually just, and it's so fascinating, right? Like, but if a man takes care of himself, it's like, wow, good for him. You know, he's really got his priorities in check. But I think how we bridge the past and is one starting to learn about different cultures, different goddesses, different feminine archetypes, seeing what really resonates for you, right? Because for everybody, it's going to be different. And while I love how many women talk about like being a goddess, there's other flavors and there's Mm. other archetypes and there's other elements of the feminine including like the dark feminine Lilith and Kali and rate like righteous rage and anger and the shadow that tends to get like kind of light washed in a lot of things but I mean I feel like that's a whole other podcast I was anyways <laughs> back to like Bridget <laughs> starting to look at like different goddesses different feminine archetypes see if any of those really, if you resonate with any of them and starting your day by connecting either to that energy, to that archetype within to yourself Mm. and really beginning to bring more intention and ritual to even like every month when you get your period, if you just take a bath with rose petals every month as a way to really honor your body and your body's Mm. health and the shedding and the releasing, you know, a lot of women are really getting into different kinds of full moon and new moon types of rituals. And so there's Mm. so many things that you can do. Mm. And we also have to remember that unlike what we've been told about the patriarchy, religion, and God, the feminine is an acceptance of it all, Mm. right? The feminine is an acceptance of the pain and the grief and the loss and the joy and the light and the excitement. And so whatever you feel like connects you to you, that is right. I love when you, you, you have said that so many times, the feminine is an acceptance of it all. And I have always really resonated with that. And, you know, I think part of what you'll hear Lauren talk about, even in the tone of your voice, there is this essence of finding pleasure in the simplest activities and bringing pleasure. And I know on one of our calls, gosh, I don't even know when, I think it was almost like you gave me permission to bring f- pleasure into center focus. And because of that, she had tremendous shifts in the choices that she was making, right? Yeah. And so, you know, again, pleasure gets such a bad rep. Thank you, Puritans. Like, fuck you for making us think that we don't deserve it. But 
And you get to make anything and everything pleasurable. And I feel so fortunate, which feels very weird to say that the way I learned to navigate my grief when I lost my dad was through pleasure and sensuality. And it seems so counterintuitive and on such opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think had I not been forced to make that connection as like the first thing, I don't know if I would have or what it would have taken for me to get there. But the reality is, and it's so cliche, you're never going to get there. Like you will never arrive, period. And what you have to realize, especially as a woman, especially one with a, you know, a feminine essence for lack of a better word and not being gendered here, but like we always are going to desire more. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, I think it's in the science of getting rich. He talks about like the point of life is striving for more life. The seed <laughs> turns into a flower. And then when it dies, it fertilizes the ground to create more life. Like, right. so we are never going to be satisfied. Mm. And we need to like get that through our heads that we always want more. Mm. Not only is that okay, right? And there is an element in terms of the feminine where you get comfortable holding the duality of being grateful for what I have Mm. and being in touch with what else I desire. We're Mm. constantly in a state of longing in some area of our lives. So if your business is rocking it, chances are you want your relationship to go deeper or you want a relationship. Totally. Right. Totally. Or you're in the relationship, you're married or you're committed. It's amazing. Okay. Now you want to be a mother. You want kids, or maybe now you want to try this new thing. We're constantly wanting something else. Mm. So we're never going to arrive at a place where like, all's good, all's perfect. The end. Now I can be happy. Right. Well, and it's so it's so funny. Like I I actually had um, a former client who's now one of my great friends say to me the other day, she's like, I never go through a launch without my orgasms. And I was like, yeah, that's me too. And so I, I want to talk about, well, I think you have a beautiful distinction with self-pleasure and orgasm, but also I want to talk about really intentionally using our own pleasure as a bridge to that next level success. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about my practices as well, but I'd love for you to bring that. Totally. So again, you're never going to arrive, right? So you might as well focus on pleasure in all of it along the whole way, right? (laughs) The whole time. So especially growing up in a patriarchy in the culture society that we have that really overly sexualizes women and then at the same time demonizes women for their sexuality. Yep. You know, we live in this Madonna whore paradigm where either you're good and virginal or you're whore, bad and sinful. Mm -hmm. A lot of women have such a disconnection from their own bodies, from pleasure, sex. Sex is something we do for others and isn't something something you give. Yeah, or something you give and not necessarily Mm -hmm. something that you experience. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't use the word masturbation. I use the word self-pleasure because to me, masturbation has this like goal-oriented, unconscious, checked out, like I'm just doing this to get off, which fine, like, sure, go for it. You know, no judgment, right? <laughs> self-pleasure can be a variety of things. It can be taking 15 minutes and just caressing your body and like, creating a sense of love and feeling the sensations in your body. And it's, to me, self-pleasure, one, it's not goal-oriented at all. The only goal, in quotes, is to keep coming back to a sense of pleasure. (laughs) And it's all about you. So I encourage my clients, women in my community, to have a self-pleasure practice that could include sexual energy and orgasm or not right? Mm -hmm. And our sexual energy is so potent and so fucking powerful. (laughs) And I say this all the time. If our sexual energy and our sexual power was not the most powerful thing ever, why has the patriarchy spent 3,500 years trying to convince us it's the worst possible thing that we could ever touch? <laughs> you don't know? go over there. No, 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 don't, no, no, don't go no, over there. No, that's, 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 no, bad. That's, that's bad. That's very bad. bad. It's like very bad for know. you. Yeah. Don't keep it locked up. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Mm-mm. 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 Not for you, for that's, others. That's his. That's his. Yeah. Yeah, he gets exactly. to own that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of shame and layers for women to really heal, embrace, celebrate their sexuality, to create a self-pleasuring practice. And so wherever you're at or whatever it brings up for you, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's right. You're not alone in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the other thing is, especially when it comes to sex and self-pleasure and orgasm, there's this fear that like, I'm weird, I'm broken, and I'm the only one that has this experience or disdain or whatever. And you're not. Right. But because we're told not to talk about it, Mm -hmm. most women suffer alone and suffer in silence and feel really isolated. And so you can utilize your sexual energy for creativity, for manifesting, for quantum leaping, right? Like, Mm. and... If that feels like too much, just give yourself permission to begin some kind of physical self-pleasuring practice. Again, it could be something as simple as taking 10 minutes and lovingly, soothingly just touching your body. Mm. Yep. Self-massage, scalp massage. I know there's some really beautiful like facial rollers and fancy masks and like creams. And, you know, that's part of it is like, when I tap into pussy, it's like she likes that. She wants to be have something that smells really sweet and something really nice and to be able to kind of indulge sometimes. But also when it comes to our own sexual energy or self-pleasure practices, I feel like I love that we don't have to have that orgasm to be the one and only staple of like, was this effective? And because also we, we've all experienced trauma in some way, shape, or form in our lives. Some of us who've experienced sexual trauma, molestation, or any of that, I mean, it's so challenging to get into our bodies because sometimes it feels unsafe. And being able to process through this, and this is like such a, a beautiful kind of therapeutic 
and healing modality that you bring into it of like, it's so much more than achieving an orgasm. It is so much more than, you know, this surface level conversation. There's something in there and it's, it's like you are able to help people access that and get into places they didn't even know exist, places that were dormant, that were locked up, that were hidden, that were shamed. And, you know, even in some of our short classes we've done together, we've had, it almost is like, like talk about confessional, like when it, when when Lauren is in the room, everyone's like, I need to tell you everything now. And she has that also happens everything. when I just like go out and meet people and they'll be like, hi, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what was your name again? <laughs> Right. But I but I think it's a beautiful thing. You have that gift. And I know many people have admitted to things on the calls that they are like, I haven't even told my partner this. I've never told my best friend this. I've never had anybody I could talk to. And then we've had conversations and tangents about, you know, bleeding and bleeding into the earth. And, you know, do you use a diva cup? What happens in this? And like, it's almost like everyone in the room is like, oh my God, finally, I have someone I can talk to about this thing that I haven't been able to talk to about with anybody. Yeah. Because again, we're told, we're taught, we're like, conditioned to believe that talking about these parts of our lives or ourselves or things that are uniquely woman Mm -hmm. are not okay. And it creates this sense of isolation. And I always say like, you cannot heal your relationship to your feminine alone. You Mm. can't do it through reading. And I love to read. You cannot do it through thinking. And trust me, I think a lot. It is an embodied healing. Mm -hmm. It is in the body and it requires you to embody. Mm. And it has to be, you have to be witnessed by the feminine. Mm. You have to be. So, you know, this is why I love working with groups and why I, I mean, I also deeply, deeply love one-on-one, but being witnessed in the parts of yourself that you have held so much shame, so much disgust, so much fear. Oh my God, if anybody knew this about me, what would they think? Being able to express it and then still be loved, still be accepted, be seen in that Mm. it is one of the most liberating experiences ever. Mm. Truly is. I know for me, as a young adolescent, I always felt very mature for my age. And I felt like sexually ahead of my peers. <laughs> and, um, you know, even so I moved from California, where I grew up to across to the East Coast, where I live now. And when I moved, I started developing breasts, and they were like coming in fast, <laughs> real big, real fast. And even at a young age, like I had girls in my grade who shamed me and would call me a slut simply because of what my body looked like. And I was like, I mean, I was like unprovoked. Like I would just be walking through the halls and I was like, what? And, and part of me was like, oh, you think my body is slutty? Like you should think, you should know what I'm thinking about on a daily basis. Like there is so much dirty things happening in my mind. Um, but like at that age, and and I also lost my virginity at a very young age as well. And I think part of these things kind of work together, but also I feel like 
on some level, I was wanting to take control of my own destiny and take the narrative. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reality is the patriarchy is heavily passed down through women. Mm -hmm. Like we're the ones really passing it down. Mm -hmm. And it's for two reasons. One, like mothers teach teach their daughters to not be slutty or go outside these lines or whatever as a form of protection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And two, if you think back, like during the witch trials and like the inquisition and all of that, the people accusing the women were also mainly women because yes. if I accuse you, then I can't be a witch. Yes, exactly. And I actually, I, I just went to um, an exhibit on the Salem witch trials. And yeah, and I mean, it was more of that, like evidence. And then, you know, people would come and say like, no, 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 this person's, they're a good person. They're fine. They're like, mm, I don't think so. And they're executed. And then 20 years later, like, you know what? Rep- let's pay reparations because we found that you're actually not guilty. It's totally fine. And, you know, for, for anybody who wants to, like, be a weirdo with me, I mean, I have had some pretty interesting past life memories, one of which I was a, a witch being burned at the stake watching my friend, watching my daughter, watching my partner, watching the townspeople looking at me while I was being accused falsely at the time of this and and feeling that in my body is like, oh my gosh, I can't even like, you know, so like having the, like, I remember when I, when I had that memory, I was like bawl, like sobbing at that realization. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that was in there, but here we are. And the, I mean, the sisterhood wound is a fucking thing. And yeah. I'm going to be completely honest, all of you leaders need to actively heal your sisterhood wound. If you are plateauing in your business and your ability to fill a program, to be visible, chances are there is a sisterhood wound (laughs) happening. It's gaping. (laughs) It's bleeding everywhere. Like, like, let's do some fucking trauma response on it because of course, like, this is also, I think something that a lot of women don't talk about, acknowledge, whatever, where it's like, you don't actually want to be more successful because you don't want to be judged and criticized by other women. And you're terrified of them trying to take you down or tear you down. Or if you fill a group program with a hundred women, what if these women all turn against you? And it's like, Mm. consciously you're like, well, they're not going to, they're painting, but this is such deeper, deeper stuff. And again, like the patriarchy, religion, society has told us and taught us if we turn on our turn on each other that gives us more power, puts us in more, in better standing. No, all it does is continually undermine the feminine. And so it's like, you know, I was out recently too at like a brunch with a bunch of other women and all they did was complain about everything in their lives and a, a lot about men. And it's like, we're also really told and taught to connect with other women through how we suffer yeah versus through how we thrive yeah and in healing your feminine the divine feminine whatever there's an element of claiming a sense of i can connect and lead through thriving mm-hmm. instead of it's safe cuz then it's safe yeah let me tell you how much i've suffered so you don't hate me <laughs> yeah. and want to be around me yeah 
Well, you know, it's so funny. This is, this is actually making me laugh. So recently I have been challenging myself physically to like just get into better shape, eat foods that feel better of my body, and I've been feeling the best ever. And I went to one of my good friend's um, son's birthday party, and it was just after I had posted my my husband had like he was moving the closet around, and like prom dress had come out, and I was like, oh, he went for my, and he just like, do you think you could still fit into your prom dress? I was like, yeah, I do. And I put it on and I and I did. I fit into my prom dress and I took this like silly picture in my bathroom, just like, you know, being a goofball. And um, my friend tells her mom, she says, oh, yesterday Emily wore her prom dress. And her mom was like, oh, my gosh, I hate people like you making making a joke. Right. We're just joking now. We're just friends. I hate people like you. You can just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And both me and my friend at the same time ago, oh, I've worked really hard for this, actually. And it doesn't matter if you did work hard or if you didn't work hard or if you just have a killer body or if whatever. The fact that that statement even showed up, it's like, this is the problem. Like, we're shaming people. Like, no wonder you put on excessive weight and don't take it off. You're being shamed for looking good. I, this morning, my husband was making me breakfast, which by the way, he's been doing a lot more of since I've taken care of pussy. <laughs> is, um, he made this beautiful like avocado toast and eggs and sauerkraut, all my favorite things in guacamole. And I said, oh, I'm actually, I haven't been eating the bread you've been giving me the last two days. I'm just throwing it away. So I'd rather not waste it if you want to have it. And he's like, oh, well, it's delicious. I go, I know it's delicious, but my body doesn't really agree with me as much, even though I love the taste of it. And I go, and also in case you haven't noticed, I've been looking like a dime lately. And he started dying laughing. He goes, he goes, I've been telling you this. You look so good. And I'm like, thank you. But 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 back to my point of like, you know, we we have this desire to be this beautiful, sexy, sensual being and tapped into our pussy wisdom and fully embodied. Simultaneously, we're being shamed for being too tapped in and like all that. Yeah. So and, and again, it tends to come from other women. I think one of my most viewed YouTube videos, and I made it years ago, was called Why Men Love Me and Women Hate Me. Like <laughs> I tend to get a lot less now because I've done a lot of work on it, but I used to get so much shit from other women. And the reality is, you know, when a woman is thriving it shows other women that it's actually physically safe to thrive <laughs> and therefore calls into question all of the suffering and misery that they're in. So it's much mm -hmm. easier to make the thriving woman wrong than it is to look at why am I choosing not to thrive? But this is also why I teach my clients. And you know, I know I've talked about it in when I've come in and done uh, classes and stuff for you. It's like, you have to brag and celebrate yourself because we mm. live in a world that is constantly trying to put you down, make you wrong, make you feel not enough or too much all at once. And the yeah. only way, like the patriarchy is never going to come around and be like, you know what? You've been a good girl long enough. Boop. You get to be whatever you want to be now. It's like, fuck no. It's like <laughs> so deeply benefiting from us in our own bullshit. Yeah. It's like, no, no enoughness fairy is going to come around and boop you on the head and be like, 
now you're finally feel like enough because something outside of you told you, no, you got to claim that shit yourself. I love the enoughness fairy that's going to boop you on the head. <laughs> Seriously. And it, it's because we've been fed this fucking lie that if we're a good girl long enough, then we'll finally get what we want. And guess what? Yeah. What ends up happening is women realize the painful truth that being a good girl doesn't actually keep you safe and it definitely doesn't get you what you want. No, absolutely. And I I also want to go back to you saying we have to celebrate ourselves and brag. And that's one of my my braggy things is that Lauren's one of my friends and Lauren will box me and be like, girl, give me some brags. And then we will just like full on brag to each other for 20 minutes straight back to it's like a little tennis match. I just lob it right back. And she's like, you know, this other that just reminds me I have another great brag. And, and it's so refreshing to have girlfriends like you in my life. And I would encourage everybody listening to this, yes. you know, reach out to your girlfriend that you have and like, let's go, let's dial that up. Let's take it to the next level. And then also now that you hear this, you know what else is possible for you, that there are badass, empowered, embodied, fully successful women out there who are here to hold space for other women. I am happy to say I have not been in one of those complainy circles in a very long time, thank God, um, because I've really cultivated amazing women around me in my life, women who are successful. And, you know, sure, we all get down a little bit here and there. It's not that we don't have bad days, but we are there to embrace and we see each other. We see the the divine in the other woman and we see what they're here to do and that potential and we hold that space for that creation to thrive. You know, we're not here to tear anybody down. And, you know, I, I think that's also another myth, too, of like women are kind of like, really? Because like my women are women in my life are just like the, the most amazing humans I've ever known in my life. So like there's that. Totally. And again, it's about like consciously choosing it. It's about looking at what part of me is scared to connect with other women. What am I afraid, afraid is going to happen? What has happened to me in the past and, and doing that inner work, right? Because a lot of women also have grown up in homes where their mothers were jealous of them or their mothers were the source of a lot of the sisterhood wound and, and how they learn to relate or not relate to women. And so you know, being connected to the feminine, it is a lot of deep healing work, but it, again, it is so liberating. I think quite honestly, it is the most empowering work women in 2021, 2022, whenever you listen to this can do. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, I could literally, I mean, we do, we talk about it all the time anyway. (laughs) Me too. For, this, for the for the sake of this conversation, <laughs> you don't want a full day retreat of me talking on your podcast. I 100% do. And by the way, Lauren is going to be leading some amazing retreats this coming year. So, like, make sure you check her out. So, everybody, um, check out the Magnetic Woman. Lauren, tell them about where else they can find you and hook up with you. Yes. Well, I am the magnetic woman in real life and on the internet. So (laughs) you can find me everywhere as the magnetic woman. I love Instagram. I do tons of Instagram stories. I have a free Facebook group where I'm constantly doing content and lives and stuff. So 
find me online, reach out. You can go to my website, themagneticwoman.com. I have some free like embodiment practices there. And yeah, just come, come say hello. Let me know that, you know, you heard me on Emily's podcast. Yeah, we always, and I always encourage our listeners to take screenshots, tag us, tag us in your stories and let us know what you got from the episode. Or even if you don't want to post it publicly, DM us and just tell us because, oh, we just love it. And as podcasters, you know, we do so much beautiful content that is for free week after week. And the best compliment you can give us is a review and to tag us in your stories. It just allows us to help more people. So get on it. Do that with us. Make sure you subscribe. Lauren, thank you. You're just the best. Thank you for being here. Thank you.